0: A Bigfoot podcast and I'm gonna be honest with you it almost didn't happen this week um not for any you know small excuses but probably for the biggest excuse that you possibly could have uh me and my wife moved our two and a half year old our one month old all of our stuff and our cat all the way across the country from Virginia to Colorado um it was about a 24 hour drive and then three or four days of unpacking, rearranging, all of this stuff, just kind of get comfortable. We're not even all the way done, to be honest with you. So I had a lot of excuses. And I for a while I was contemplating, should I put it out? Do I do a podcast this week? I mean it's gonna take a couple hours out of my time. I don't know if I should. And then I remembered my commitment to do this once a week for a whole entire year. And I thought, well, that would be really stupid to back out at week three. So um, I guess today's theme sort of is not letting excuses stop you, which brings us to our guest. Aaron Johnson is one of the people I look up to. Um, He's probably the best father I know. He's a wonderful artist, and I guess about 10 years ago, he, he jumped off the, the normal path, and he had a job um, that was pretty comfy, pretty steady, good paycheck. Uh, he just had two boys, two young, they were young, young kids then, and he decided that he, although he was good at his job, he wasn't, it wasn't necessarily something he saw himself doing, for the rest of his life not something he was passionate about and so he didn't let the excuses stop him because I'm sure there were plenty of them and he stepped off that that path and took the took the path most of us don't take and started following his dreams and you'll hear it during the interview it wasn't easy um it was definitely pretty stressful pretty hard at times but uh but yeah, he made it work. And that was something, when I met him, it was, it was right after he, he started pursuing his dream of becoming an artist, and um, I was in awe by just how together him and his family seemed to have it. So ever since then, I've always looked to him for, for parenting advice. Every time we hang out, I'm just trying to absorb, like, okay, Aaron and his wife Amanda, this is what they do in this situation, all right. All right. We can handle this. We can handle this. Me and my wife on the way home from from spending weekends with them. We're, we're, you know, kind of breaking down like you would after a football game, breaking down film. We're breaking down what we saw them do as they're parenting. We're like, okay. All right. So in this situation, they did this. We can do that too. We'll be good parents too. Yeah. We'll just follow their examples. So anyways, uh, enough of me talking. I want to get right into the interview. Great guy. Great human being. Um, They have just recently also moved across the country from Pennsylvania to Oregon. So uh, yeah, please enjoy Aaron Johnson. All right, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron Johnson, um, famous artist in my life. Because you did the Like a Bigfoot uh, picture on my website. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, thanks. And thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. Um, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit today um, just about your art in general. Can you just kind of give a description
1: of what you do? Well, um, I'm an oil painter and I uh, work in a like the realist tradition, so classical oil painting. Um, and you know, I've changed genres several times, and I'm interested in all of them, you know, from, I started out doing surrealism, um, and then drifted away from that after I uh, graduated college, went into more realism, traditional still lives and stuff, because I felt like um, my technical skills weren't what I wanted them to be. So just practice um, painting from life. are you going to go back to surrealism
0: ever once you work on those things? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I love, that's the, dude. That's the end plan.
0: I love, especially if you go to your website right now, which uh, org. the very first painting that comes up is my favorite painting. Um, right on. Do you want to describe that one kind of? Just a brief description? You should look it up if you're listening to this. It's pretty awesome.
1: You know, I'm gonna look it up too because I don't remember which one's on the <laughs> It's
0: flag. the one with the crow. It kinda of looks like it came from the yeah, mind of okay. Stephen King, sort of. You know? It's a crow right. with all these yeah. wires stuck in it and um connected to a computer chip. It's pretty awesome. Yeah.
1: Man. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, that was kinda of the first big um painting that I did for my senior thesis show in uh, when I went to Drake University. Um, That one um, is, it was based on some reading that I'd been doing, trying to generate ideas I didn't really have, I felt like I was struggling trying to come up with a theme for my uh, senior thesis show. You know, it's the big exhibit that you have at the end of your senior year where you're supposed to display, you know, everything that you've learned. Um, And it takes a year. a year and a half to prepare for that show you know because you have to produce enough enough work um and um that one um i was doing a lot of reading on like crows yeah and how they're i mean they're super intelligent how they they like adapt to um life in a city you know a human environment but they thrive in that environment because they're able to adapt. They're one of the few animals that uses tools. And um, the circuit board was kind of to um, symbolize, you know, the built environment, the constructed environment. And, um,
0: and you have a lot of those, if I look through your portfolio. Yeah. So that was your theme for your senior thesis? or.
1: Yeah. It was, it was kind of, you know, um, how to, how it it was all about the relationship between, you know, man and the environment and then the, um, other beings that we share the environment with, you know, and we construct our environment with our needs in mind, but without realizing how it
0: affects them. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Which, you know, in the big picture, it affects us as well. So everything's full, you know, comes full circle, but that's, that's kind of the overarching theme of, of that work.
0: That's awesome. And dude, you have a really, if you go on your portfolio, um, which you said you were going to update your website soon. So I don't know if you remember the pictures <laughs> yeah. on there, but you have this picture of both of your sons, right? And they're lit up by the earth in between them on fire. And I'm, I was describing that to my wife today. I was like, this is the most badass picture or painting (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's
1: not a real happy picture it's not Um, dude
0: it's not and looking through these i'm like some of these aren't super happy
1: (laughs) (laughs) no they're not you know I, i want people to i want people to think you know um it's more contemplative you know i want um people to you know engage with the art and okay what is the artist trying to say there that one is called inheritance okay um And, you know, with my sons on either side of a flaming globe, (laughs) you know, um, I I wonder, you know, what is the world going to be like when we hand it to the next generation? That is something setting up the next generation.
0: That's something you don't realize until you're a parent, because I think about that at least at least once a day where I think, oh, my gosh, what what is it going to be like when Harper's my age, you know. Are we all gonna be, you know, just glued into the internet twenty four seven even more than we already are? You know, are we not even gonna go outside, you know? What and then we watched right. wall-e on top of it, you know. I don't know if you saw that movie. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was right, like, yeah. Man, this is super depressing, Pixar. Come on, guys. So hopefully yeah, there's a yeah, little better outlook is. in the future than you know the, Yeah, the, as yeah, a yeah. parent you get the worst case scenario. Sometimes you get that uh, syndrome where all you can think about is the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen, and of course, you know, right, it doesn't happen that way. Hopefully,
1: <laughs> well, let's let's hope not. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was picturing like the Matrix or, or Terminator or something. You know, <laughs> as long as it's not Terminator, <laughs> man. Wally, Wally's
0: better than Wally, both of those. Wally scenarios. was a little better. Yeah, everyone's just drinking like you know, big gulps and floating around on chairs, but still a little depressing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: not a very exciting, no. not a very exciting existence. No. Uh,
0: so no. it's funny though, because some of these pictures are your surrealist stuff is definitely um, kind of sad, but you're like the most positive, upbeat guy I know. So it's a, it's kind of a strange comparison there.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I can, I, I'm kind of a a worry I guess uh, yeah. when it comes to to like I, I spend a lot of time thinking about you know big picture issues um I'm very concerned about the environment and I think that comes through yep. in the work um especially the surrealist stuff um and so that's you know my concern um is is where that that work comes from like the still the still life work is not nearly so. I guess it is a little bit, <laughs> it can be read as a little <laughs> bit depressing, too, because it's about, um, like, change and nothing's, you know, nothing's permanent. Um, there are a lot of, you know, bones and um, things that are transient, you know, yeah. plants, flowers. Um, I like to paint antique things that have some history, you know, that show signs of use and where that may have been discarded. By you know previous owners yeah man and, okay, so you know, have out outlived their usefulness, you know like we moved on and to the next yeah, the next man, shiny thing, you know, a bit of critique of consumerism, I guess there as well,
0: kind of but do you think so let's get into your story a little bit because that what you just said kind of reminds me of you know your history, sort of um you said things things change, things are ever evolving so. I guess,
1: absolutely. could
0: you give me, like, kind of a brief, or give everybody a brief history of of yourself, and you, you made this huge career change, um, not, <laughs> I was going to say late in life, <laughs> and then I'm like, he's going to beat me up for that, <laughs> not late in life, but, like, you had a career for, you know, however long, 10, 12 years, and then you decided to switch into something uh, you were, felt more driven to.
1: Right, right, yeah, and that was, um, okay, well, to 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 set it up um I worked as an electrician for like well in the electrical industry for about 15 years um and you know had a good comfortable steady income a good career I had worked my way up from an apprentice to a foreman was running jobs in the field and then into the office as a estimator and project manager for uh, a large electrical company in um Eugene, Oregon. And, um, when I was 33, you know, I went right into that pretty much right out of high school. And, um, by the time I was 33, I felt like I had, there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, room for personal growth or, um, you know, upward mobility. You know, I was, I was managing, um, A bunch of guys uh, working in the office, you know, which is about as high as you can go without starting your own company in, you know, a construction firm. Um, But I just wasn't satisfied with the work.
0: You weren't sat, but were you satisfied? Like, I mean, could you have seen yourself sticking around just because you like the people you work with and, you know, you're good at your job?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would have. I would have. Um, and, you know, never would have, you know, went out and followed, you know, my dreams, what I wanted to do since I was a little kid, if it weren't for my wife, you know, she had very much the same um, circumstance that I did, you know, she had a job that she had fallen into, um, wasn't able to follow um, her dream. Um, just due to, you know, life gets in the way sometimes Yeah, um, and not having the support to, to do that. Um, and so you guys both was fl- really the prime driver behind that. And she wanted to be a doctor, and, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, cool. she did. Yeah. Um, like since she was a little kid.
0: That's awesome. So
1: did you and, both, you know
0: you both just decided to like grab each other's hands, but all right, we're going to jump off this cliff together. Or did one of you guys take the first step? It was, it
1: was, it was definitely Amanda first, (laughs) you know, she, um, she was working as a biomed tech, you know, we had two little kids. Um, how
0: old were they at this point?
1: Oh, they were young. Aiden was probably one, one and a half. (laughs) He's 11 now. Yeah. Um, and we were having problems with daycare, you know, I mean, being a parent is hard. There's so many different things that you need to consider. And living in today's world, it's so much more beneficial, um, especially, you know, lower middle-class type jobs, if both parents work, you know, from a financial standpoint. But you sacrifice a lot, um, a lot of time with your kids. Um, People are watching them that you don't really know or feel comfortable with. So we had some real issues with daycare. Amanda ended up quitting her job um, and staying home with the kids for a while. And that lasted for all of about two or three months. And she started going crazy. She's an extremely driven person. Um, You know, she loved the time with the boys, but she felt like she needed to be doing something um, outside of the house. Yeah, exactly. And so she started going, you know, and did her under, finished her undergrad at OSU. Um, go beavers yep go beavers (laughs) (laughs) and uh, she had um, planned on being a PA physician's assistant Um, but as she got going she's like I don't want to settle for that I want to go I want to shoot as high as I can and so she decided she wanted to be a doctor applied for medical school got in at uh, Des Moines University yep des Moines, iowa which is where we met you hey and <laughs> yeah what do you know who and uh and i you know it, that was 2009 the construction industry was kind of in the tank because of the economy um and um, so i decided to go back to school and i wanted to go back to school for art you know i've always loved art always drawn since i was a little kid Um, but I thought, you know, I was always told you can never make a living at that. You know, that's a pipe dream. Yeah. Um, so I went back to school for graphic design and, um, so Amanda was doing her doing medical school. I was doing my undergrad for graphic design. That's what I started out with for. um, with two little kids (laughs) and after about, one semester of graphic design, I realized that I do not want to sit in front of the computer because it's all done on the computer nowadays yeah, that's just not me. I want to build something you know I want to make something so I switched to painting because it's uh, it's just it's such a more physical and tactile process yeah. than sitting in front of the computer you know and uh yeah
0: so what what uh after my what challenges did you guys face at this time? I mean, I know I know it had I I can't even imagine. I just remember how much Lindsay had to study during med school and I can't even imagine having kids at that time. So how did you guys kind of work your way through that? You guys honestly, the reason I wanted to have you on this podcast uh was a, a few reasons is first of all your art I think is awesome and uh amazing. Thanks. And then, second of all, I just respect you and Amanda so much, and look up to you guys, and how you raise your kids. And I've learned many, many lessons from you. As Lindsay and I, you know, are approaching the (laughs) the craziness of you know uh, (laughs) elementary age children, you know. So right, right. So thanks. Yeah, how did? Yeah, I honestly mean it. I mean, we. We see you guys now probably once or twice a year, and every time we're driving away, I'm like, Lindsay, we have to be super cool parents, like Amanda and Aaron. (laughs) So so how do we put on our best show, you know, when you guys are around? (laughs) So everyone does. That's the other thing you do as a parent is you put on your best show in front of guests. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) That's true. But but, uh, how did you guys manage that time? I mean, I I remember the boys were really really young. when I first met them.
1: Yeah. So when we moved to Des Moines, that w- they would have been four and seven. Um, and it was, you know, it was a huge transition for me because I was gone all the time working, you know, I worked 60 to 80 hours a week. And then to go from, you know, we moved in July, I think, June. Yeah. First part of July. And um, then to be home with the boys while Amanda was, you know, in school. Medical school, like all the time. Yeah, um, that was a huge <laughs> transition. So I had to, I had to figure out. Okay, how do I, how do you be the, the prime caregiver gi- for kids? You know, it was like a total role reversal, and that was really hard at first. That was really difficult because I, um, I didn't have the the patience or the skill set yet to deal with that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it it came with time, and it was you know, I am so thankful for that time because I got, you know, I got to spend the time with my boys and not many guys get to do that, you know, to be the prime, the primary caregiver. And it's the best thing ever. I'm super thankful for it, but it was difficult. You know, it was a big, it was a big change. Um, and then when school started, we had to figure out, um, how we were going to make everything work. Um, you know, my class schedule, Amanda's class schedule, the boys' class schedule, and then I also worked um, like between 20 and 30 hours a week. Wow! Um, to try to make ends meet while we were doing that, and so it was, it was. You know, one of us would be coming in the door when the other one was leaving, and yeah. um, trying to figure out, you know, what the best options were for the kids. Thankfully. In Des Moines, they had uh, where we were at the elementary school that the boys were in um, had after care or after after school care programs right at the school, and they were free. Oh,
0: that's awesome.
1: So, yeah, yeah, that's huge. Um, so, so, do you guys that was that was huge? I mean, it wouldn't have been possible otherwise.
0: Yeah, I always wondered this. Do you guys do like sit down family meetings? We're like, all right, guys, at six p.m. tonight. We have to have a family meeting. Do you do that? Does anyone do this?
1: Uh, n- Amanda and I do that. Absolutely. Do you really? But I knew I it. I knew we it. We didn't usually. <laughs> we didn't usually. You know, we don't always include the boys in that. A lot of times we do because you know it, it's important to us that they feel that their opinion matters and yeah, uh, and that they have a voice. Well, especially now know? as so, they
0: enter as they enter teenage years.
1: Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Jesse's Jesse's thirteen now. Almost fourteen. <laughs> yeah. And uh but he's so great. He's, he's they're so sweet, kid.
0: man. They're both are. Like
1: <laughs> Yeah, and they're they're Jesse though, especially is just like he's so easy. He's just you know, he's got a good attitude. Um, he works hard and um You couldn't ask for a better I'm not, kid. I'm not yeah, I it couldn't ask for a better kid. And Aiden too. You know, he's he's great as well. He's got um, just an awesome attitude, and uh, he's a little bit more schmunky than Jesse. Though he, <laughs> he does give me a little bit more <laughs> pushback, whereas Jesse's Jesse's just like okay, cool, whatever, you know, most of the time. So I'm not worried about him becoming a teenager so much. Yeah, uh, I think Aiden's going to be a bit more challenging <laughs> because he's just a little bit more. Um, strong-willed so okay
0: before
1: I want to continue
0: like i actually before we move on um how did you make time to do your your art you know when your classes started I'm assuming once you go through art school like as you progress you have to start painting more or doing your discipline a little bit more so how did you make time to do that I guess did you do it while they're at school or
1: yeah, both while they were at school and while they were at home, you know, we had routine where um, once the boys, once I dropped them off at school, you know, I went and did my classes and sometimes I had time between classes. And if I did, I would go straight up to the painting studio at school and start working on a piece. And I usually had two paintings going at the same time, okay. um, one at school and one at home. Um, I set up a little, we had a little uh, sleeping porch enclosed sleeping porch off, off the master bedroom in the house we were living in and i was able to set that up as a studio um the school was throwing out a bunch of easels and i went up to my professor and said you know if i can fix these um can i have one?" Oh, I mean, man you guys don't have to buy easels there's both your skills so, coming into play yeah right <laughs> to fix it yeah so uh, yeah, I fixed, like, four or five of their old easels that they were going to throw out, and they let me take one home. Wow. So I still paint on that easel every day. <laughs> so I was able to set up a studio at home and at school. So, you know, when I wasn't at school, I could still work on another piece at home. That's awesome. Um, and the boys completely yeah.
0: respected that, or were there moments where...
1: Yeah, you know, you've you got to be able to to pull away and... and uh, I'm a very focused person when I'm working, so I have a hard time. You know, I work better if I can work uninterrupted, but, you know, if you have little kids, that's not going to happen. So um, I'm assuming if they walked in, make the best of it.
0: If they walked in, you just painted on them, right? Like, get out. (laughs) Painted like a mustache or something.
1: (laughs) They didn't really walk anywhere. That's true. They ran. It was (laughs) a little. blur i'd be lucky to get paint on and they're moving so fast through there there's two doors a door in and a door out and they would do laps yeah that's like odd. through through the studio so did you guys but, yeah and then i would you know work after they went to sleep so
0: oh, okay that's tell how, how late usually
1: oh, i would stay up real i would it, it depended you know if i had if i had something that i needed to get done by a certain time i would stay up you know two three in the morning wow. easy
0: and then Amanda, I'm assuming, was down. right right next to you with her med school books, taking yep. notes now. Yeah, man, that's Pretty crazy. Much. That's crazy. So <laughs> did you guys ever, I mean, I'm I'm assuming there had to have been moments of doubt or moments of fear where it's like, man, we're never going to get through this. Um, yeah. How, how did you guys overcome that?
1: Um, You just keep putting one foot in front of the other and focus on the, the end game, you know? Um, that first, that first major step, you know, was probably the scariest, you know, that made it the real, the, yeah. that made it absolutely real. Are you talking about you the know, move? Was probably this, yeah, it was closing up the moving truck and pulling out of the driveway. <laughs> it was like, this is really happening.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we're on our way, you know, moving from Oregon to Iowa. And um What did you know about Iowa quitting? at the time? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I had never been there. Um uh, we rented a house sight unseen. Yeah. And that was a little bit of a disaster, but it all worked out. Um
0: Well, we had yeah, honestly we had the best group of friends there. I mean We
1: did, man. You know, I I don't think I it's it's rare that you find a group of people that you know, I've, you know, a large group of people that everybody just loves being together and hanging out, and creates just an awesome atmosphere and environment to be in. You know, and I really miss that. You yeah. know, I, I wish it would be nice to to find a, a group of people like that again. That was really something special.
0: It was, man. It um, definitely was. So that probably <laughs> helped. Um,
1: oh yeah. So then,
0: flash With forward. There? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash forward. You get, you get done with art school, Amanda gets done with med school, and then you do the exact same thing, and you move yeah. to
1: Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. Right. And again, you know, um, it's, it's scary. We don't know anything about Pennsylvania. We were able to go out um, a week beforehand. And of course, you know, with medical school, you don't know where you're going next until three months. Months or so before you have to go there, which, yeah. you know, when you match yeah. and find out where you're going. So um, we found out that Amanda had been accepted to Penn State um, like a week maybe before uh, spring break. Okay. So that was our spring break. We packed <laughs> up everybody in the car and drove out to Hershey, Pennsylvania and, uh, and checked it out. But it was, you know, after you've done it, you know, after you've Made a move to a place where you don't know anybody. It's not as scary the second time. It's definitely not definitely. You know know that you can do it. You've done it before, and it becomes kind of old hat.
0: So is that is Um, that the main the main way the move was a little bit different for you guys?
1: Yeah, yeah. It it wasn't as scary. It was it was definitely um, it was it was bittersweet. You know, leaving great group of friends. Um,
0: the boys probably had friends at that point.
1: Yeah. It was really hard on them. It yeah. was really hard on them. And it takes, you know, it probably took Jesse, gosh, I don't know, six months to a year to really settle in yeah. for being in Pennsylvania. You wow. know, it was really hard on him. Yeah. But, um, you know, again, it was, there's an end goal and you, keep moving, you know, towards it. It's just part of the part of the process and we knew that we would get there if we just kept, you know, kept moving forward. Yeah. But it's it's kind of definitely the, de- the scariest part was the initial move. Definitely. And, and like leaving a career that could have stayed in for the rest of my life and been very comfortable.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, most people don't
1: most it's not satisfied. Yeah, most people don't make that
0: jump though. Um, did you have any resistance from People you knew
1: that are like, what are you doing? Oh, man? absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I think my brother was like, "Dude, you're crazy," so he and I went into you know the electrical trade together. Oh, yeah, and uh, you know, and I had a lot of friends that were like, "What are you doing, dude? <laughs> Giving up a, a great job and just going going off into the unknown?" Yeah but, are they um, are they
0: on the bandw- It was the
1: right decision.
0: Yeah, are they on the bandwagon now, or they're like, "Oh, I see why you did that." We can respect that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, honestly,
0: that's the most esteemable act you can actually make is, you know, following your dreams and pursuing them and jumping over all the obstacles in your way, facing the hard times and (laughs) and 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 keeping a happy, happy, healthy family at the same time. It's crazy, man. It's really, really
1: (laughs) It wasn't always happy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there were hard times. Let's <laughs> well, not sugarcoat it. I don't want to make anybody think it is perfect because well, it wasn't you, you know guys... there's always things that come up. But
0: but I think it worked uh, out. I think you're you're definitely right. But I think in general, like the general feeling you get when hanging out with you guys is like these guys are happy, like happy go lucky people. You know. And granted, like no. yeah, we've seen moments where it's you know it's not all. Sugar plums and, you know.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. But And that's life, though. Definitely. That's life. No matter whether you stay in, you know, something that you're comfortable in. And um, there's always going to be challenges and adversity. Yeah. Um, That's just, you know, how you deal with it and whether you go looking for more challenges. That's true. More adversity.
0: I guess I feel like if you're pursuing something you have actually always dreamed about, then... um then those challenges are hard still they're still challenges but at least you're like hey man at least i'm doing what i want to do you know
1: right it makes it it makes um it makes facing things you know uh facing those challenges so much more worth it um if you're doing something that motivates you that you're um excited and enthusiastic about i mean to To do a painting, you know, to, to have a project that I'm working on, that I'm excited about, um, I'll work on it like crazy. Um, and I will make it happen. You know, if I have to, you know, go find models to pose for, uh, a painting and find, do a bunch of research on, um, like in the instance of that, uh, the scavenger, the crow painting that we talked about earlier. Um, tons of research, um, just so that I feel like I have my head wrapped around the concepts that I'm trying to, you know, communicate. Um, Or like, right now, I'm working on a a historical piece that I've been working on for like, almost nine months.
0: Um,
1: And, you know, all the details have to be period correct, you know, back to colonial America, making sure that, you know, the cloth that they have is right you know the attack wow. the on the horse the rifles that the men are carrying are, are so correct, where do you
0: research you know? this stuff at just online or oh just watch the patriot with mel gibson i <laughs> <laughs> actually uh
1: yeah actually i do look at a lot of films still. nice um i look at paintings from the period oh yeah um, that's okay. a huge yeah oh uh, yeah that's a huge resource um, and then when we were living in pennsylvania you know it's something that you don't get on the West Coast yeah. is the depth of the history of this country, you know. Um, back there, it goes back 400 years. And here, you know, like on the West Coast, where we live now, is like know, 20. 200 years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe a little little further than that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I but, thought it started with uh, Bill
0: Gates when he, you know... <laughs>
1: And Boeing and jets. Guys, um, I've, I don't know if you've heard of there. Lewis and Clark.
0: Oh, those guys. Yeah, those crazy guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: They were like five or six years before Bill Gates. Oh, okay. They got here first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Bill Gates came but along there's, there's, in, a, in a
1: canoe. In <laughs> <laughs> a canoe, yeah. Like a birch bark canoe. Yeah, yeah dude. And then the dude who Absolutely. invented Boeing
0: is like, oh, man, i got to invent an airplane, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: right that's
0: way faster than a canoe exactly that's exactly how history happened i'm sure um
1: you should start a history podcast i really should
0: yeah i should (laughs) i should uh (laughs) um so okay so i guess when you got to pennsylvania now you're just a freelance artist is that what you would call yourself or
1: yeah yeah you know not having not having um you know, being at school gives you, gives you something to focus on, right? You have assignments, you have, um, somebody telling you, this is what you need to accomplish. And they don't tell you like the business end. Nobody teaches you the business end of, you know, trying to be a a professional artist. So you have to kind of figure that out on your own. So what,
0: what does that consist
1: of? It consists of a lot of, flailing your arms trying to get people <laughs> to notice you <laughs> uh so a lot I, of
0: floundering around yeah how do you go about that of, in in uh, uh rural again, pennsylvania where you were
1: i can research and i tell you what the internet is such a huge resource for um for finding venues for your art, you know, or finding people who, have you know, every artist out there has done this. Yeah. Right. And some of them are willing to share the process that they went through. You know, what did they, what did they do? how did they get their name out there? And a lot of them take some big chances, you know, and, um, some of them get lucky and, uh, it's just a matter of, you know, finding your way. Um, so, I went around to a bunch of different galleries and, um, you know, showed them my work and to see if they'd be interested in showing it. And um, I found one little gallery in particular that um, was, you know, really excited about what I had to show. And so I started, um, you know, selling my work through them and I did pretty well through them. And then picking up little commissions here and there uh, through my website um or through word of mouth and um started doing portraits and um did did you have a scenes which are
0: did you have a mentor
1: through this or i did um about a year and a half into it you know being an artist is especially if you're working out of a home studio you're really isolated right and it's it can get really lonely you know yeah. I was curious um, about that um, you don't have sorry I'll let you go you but... don't have like a <laughs> you don't have like a support network so you have to go out and find people who are doing what you're doing um, and that network of people that you build up over time is, is really what uh, is really important because that really helps you get your name out there you know those other people can recommend you to other people or let you know about opportunities or let you know about people who you might benefit from hanging out with. And the guy that I mentored with, um, his name is Ken Lager and he's a um, a really well-known and respected illustrator um, there in Pennsylvania. He's done some really fantastic work um, and just a wonderful man, just a super, Awesome, super enthusiastic. I mean, he's one of those guys that like eats, sleeps, and breathes art. And talking to him about anything that, like, a painting that you're working working on, he just gets you so amped up because he gets so amped up um, about what he's doing. So his his um, advice was like uh, worth its weight in gold. He's been a a tremendously um, beneficial resource and friend so it always helps to have people you know who've been there and who've done that you know to kind of bounce ideas off of it uh, to give you pointers or to smack you in the back of the head when you're going in the wrong direction <laughs>
0: so what's <laughs> what's know? like one big lesson he's taught you
1: oh um i would have to say like I was having a really hard time, um, with my, like figuring out my, my color and value structure in my paintings. And I, this is all technical <laughs> painting stuff that, you know, unless you're really into it, it, it might be kind of boring, but he really, he really helped me to like, think about spatial depth, um, in composing a you okay. know, realist painting,
0: okay.
1: um, spatial depth, through contrast and color. Um the art school that I went to, um, Drake is very much a conceptual school I dealt in, you know, abstraction, abstract art. And that's not how I operate. You know, when I got there, um my influences were um as a kid initially comic books, you know. Yeah, (laughs) superheroes and stuff, you know, of course the old boy, Uh, and then as I, you know, started drawing and getting more into it, and it was like Great Artists of the Renaissance, Leonardo Da Vinci, and of course Michelangelo um, and I would copy those drawings, so when I got to art school I wanted to do, I wanted to do figure drawing, and portraits, and um you know, my favorite thing to do is still people, I love drawing and painting people, um because you can relate, you know. Yeah. You can relate to a picture of a person. It's a lot more difficult to relate to um, a bicycle wheel mounted on a bar stool. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so it, it just it carries more meaning. It's more accessible okay. it's kind of art. um So I didn't really get the real the training and realism that I wanted so i went and started teaching myself that stuff
0: that's awesome and uh,
1: ken was ken was a huge huge help yeah i'm in, am I'm imagining that
0: out i'm imagining you guys just nerding art nerding out over like super t- uh, like oh exactly. my god look
1: how that's shaded <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: yep
1: <laughs> pretty much yeah and then, and then and then high high-fiving museums and yeah <laughs> absolutely that's awesome man dude absolutely. mentors
0: are so important and it's super important to surround yourself around people who not only have common interests but i'm sure you saw i'm sure you saw what he was doing and you realized oh this is possible it's totally possible yeah to make a living at this mm-hmm. you know and then it kind of absolutely. maybe eased your mind a bit so
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's awesome yeah, man
1: you know it- things are you know, things are changing a lot with the you know, with the inter- internet it's a great resource, uh but it's totally changing the structure of the art market. You know, you you no longer have to go to a brick and mortar place to buy an original painting. You know, you can go online to an artist's website or um you there are these big online galleries now that sell you know hundreds of artists' work. And you could spend days sifting through that it's figuring out how to you know make yourself
0: like profitable come up
1: first yeah
0: oh oh yeah, yeah. oh my gosh there's so much to that to like getting the google yeah the google right? analytics <laughs> i don't know that's yeah yet. especially <laughs> oh,
1: me, me either i if you're completely technically challenged like me i mean yeah, I can use a paintbrush. My computer is another thing <laughs> entirely.
0: All right. So let's talk. Um, we were talking earlier before we started the podcast about your perfect day, like it, your perfect, most productive day as an artist. What does it look like?
1: Um, let's see. It's <laughs> It's me waking up in my studio. Okay. And not leaving all day. <laughs> no, like realistically for you though, like <laughs> think about think about the
0: most productive day you've had with, you know, your kids, taking them to school, I'm sure, and getting them all ready to go. But, you know, what? I guess the whole day, like productive as a dad, productive as an artist, you know.
1: Right. Um, so for me, that would be, you know, getting everybody up. Ready for school. My oldest son, Jesse, he's, he like gets up before I do, <laughs> most often and is like ready to go to school a half hour before we need to leave. Um, so he's, he's a piece of cake. Um, and then, you know, with Aiden, where we get him ready to go. We all go to school, get the boys dropped off. Um, and then I come home and I just go to work. Um, I like to have everything set up the day before. That's a good you strategy. Know, my, my paint's laid out, and uh, just try to be organized about it, you know? Um, do you do you have like a... When I, when I get here?
0: Yeah, do you Go. have a... Do you, sorry, do you have a checklist on the wall of like, this is what I need to accomplish, or do you just kind of know? I
1: just kind of know.
0: Okay. You know,
1: you, you do something long enough, and you get a... Um, you know, the setup and the cleanup are... Those are little rituals that you go through at the beginning and the end of the day, um, to prepare you for work, for working and then to prepare you to move into, you know, family time. Yeah. You know, I'm done with this, so I'm going to put it away in my head as well as, you know, physically. So it doesn't, um, you know, so I'm not thinking about it because I often do, I'm sure. You know, I will obsess over a painting and, you know, kind of ignore what's going on around me. <laughs> so, so the perfect day is, you know, I, while the boys are at school, you know, I'm 100% focused in here in the studio painting. And I'll, and I'll usually take like one section, you know, like background, midground, certain details and focus on them that day. Okay. Um and then when I have an alarm set for when it's time to go get my boys because I get totally focused on my painting. It's like everything else goes away when I'm working. Um so I have an alarm set for when my boys are <laughs> done with school. I go pick them up, we come home, we, you know, burn through homework together. Yep. Um and then we make dinner. Everybody sits down and has dinner together. And then we usually have some family time. Either we play games. You win, uh, Settlers At the so time, we play games. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Ideally, I win everything. That <laughs> rarely happens, especially if my wife is playing. Or well, uh, if
0: Aiden just straight up buys, uh, what are those cards on Catan? Oh,
1: right. What are those called? The development, card. yeah, the development he, cards. Yeah, remember he he almost won.
0: You. With just development cards. Anyways. He's if you're if you that, play of Settlers Catan, it's amazing. It's pretty much a miracle that he did that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's I'll-
1: done it several times. That's like his main strategy is like I will buy all the development cards and then when I need something I'll throw down a night and make you give it to me. That's his line. I will make you give it oh, to me. Oh, that's right.
0: I remember that. Yeah, that's funny, man. So so then the kids go to bed, and then do you keep working, or you go downstairs and set up for tomorrow?
1: or? Um, it depends. Uh, it depends on, you know, during the cleanup process, um, like before I go get the kids, Yeah. Um, if I know I'm not going to have time to paint later in the evening, I will, you know, I'll clean my brushes i'll put my palette away and make sure it's laid out for the next day and put all my stuff away and you know where it belongs and then when i come in the next morning it's right where it needs to be and i can go right back to work you know i don't have to bother mixing up paint
0: that's awesome so anything
1: it's all ready to go so what kind of uh
0: resistance do you face do you say do you? Have the internal monologue like I do every time I do this podcast, where I'm like, "Oh, this is, this isn't good enough. Oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> don't release oh, yeah. this. Oh yeah." So you do. So how? Yeah, do you... yeah, absolutely. Self doubt, man. Yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. sucks. Self doubt, <laughs> self loathing. As an artist, you are like plagued by that because you know you're putting you put these pieces that you make right. Your thought process, your uh, it's kind of like going out in public naked, <laughs> you know, because you don't, you don't know how people are going to react to them, you know. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, don't like them at all.
0: Do you, does that matter to you or does it matter what you think about them?
1: Um, you know, ideally, it doesn't matter <laughs> what other people think about them. But, yeah. you know, we all do. You go out and do something publicly like this podcast yeah you know um it takes a lot of courage to put something out there for everybody else to see and to then turn around and critique and it takes you know it takes a lot of courage to do that and you know it's pushing through the 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 fear and the self-doubt and just doing it you know because if you give in to that nothing's going to happen that's
0: true you just stay complacent and you stay doing yeah. the same thing every single day, you know.
1: Exactly, exactly. So do you have
0: like a mantra you tell yourself or how do you, how do you overcome the self-doubt? Do um, you just do it? Again, you don't really uh, know?
1: It's, it, no, I, I know, you know. It's um, talking to people, getting second opinions. Okay. Um, having a mentor, like you were saying. Somebody, you know, if you're stuck, if you don't feel good about something, um, having somebody that is, A, going to encourage you and give you good constructive um, criticism and advice, that's probably the best way that I've found, for me personally, to get past that. Um, If I have somebody that I can say, okay, um, I'm stuck, I'm having a problem with this. I I need to get this done. I want to do this. I have this goal. And I'm having a hard time getting there. You know, and I guess it's different with a painting. You know, these are technical issues, but like for, I guess the the day to day, the day to day stuff of like, I need to get in the studio. I need to have this painting done. You know, I want to get, this far in it but I want to go play video games (laughs) instead (laughs) you know those kind of things it's just you know you got to have the self discipline to say uh, get off your butt and go to work Yeah, that's awesome
0: man and then I guess the last thing I was really curious about well two things one of the things I was really curious about was uh, how do you know when you're done (laughs) I feel like I would just keep adding paint
1: you know and sometimes, sometimes you do. Um, the painting will tell you. Okay. You know, um, so.
0: It's like a Yoda thing. Me,
1: it it kind of is. <laughs> kind of is. <laughs> like if it feels cohesive um, and, and you, you learn this by, you know, you do something enough times, right? It's the 10,000 hour rule. Um, you want to be an expert at something, you have to spend 10,000 hours of your life doing that one thing to be you know truly proficient in it um and with practice you start seeing more errors i guess and when you're looking at something that you've been working on for months and you don't see any more errors then it's done you know Uh, and you
0: just you just at that point you're just like this is done don't touch it anymore like do you have a little ritual at the end or what
1: um, usually, it's a you know, fist pump. <laughs> You're the <laughs> I've, I've been staring at this thing for months, and now I can put it away. Dude, I've done th-
0: yeah. only three podcasts at this point, and two of the people have said they finished accomplishing their goals with a fist pump. The power of the fist pump. <laughs> it's That's real, right, man.
1: man. Arms up in the air. It's victory.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. So, yeah. Okay. I guess... You just got to go for it because I find that when I write sometimes, if I'm writing, um, I'll read through it once and then I'll, you know, correct all the typos because there's thousands of them and then I'll read through right. it twice and then I'm like, oh man, I should say it this way and then I'll read through it a third time I'm like, oh man, I should change this and then eventually by like the fourth time, I'm like, dude, you just got to publish this like now, right? And I watch actually, that, that is- you might be uh, interested in this. Um, on YouTube, there's this video called "Finished, Not Perfect," and it's by some artist, and I think his name is Jake Parker, maybe. But he's an artist, and he uh-huh. has this whole little—I guess it's only one one minute twenty seconds—but it's kind of like a, a pump-up video to just be finished with something, right? Is interesting. Yeah, and
1: I've I've heard that before. That is a good um, that is a good you know saying. Especially when it comes to writing, I'm, I do the same thing, which yeah. is probably why the statement on my website hasn't changed in <laughs> three and a half years. Uh, it needs to change. So you're gonna uh, update I it. So
0: how are you gonna change it? What are you gonna change it to? Because now it's about your surrealist stuff, mostly.
1: Right. Yeah. And I I put that website up initially for my senior thesis project. Okay. Um, and which is Aaron Johnson
0: dot org. Aaron. Yep dot org. Sorry. Just yep. in case people want to go and look at, your, look at your stuff.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's, um, I set that up for my senior thesis. And, you know, my work has changed. I started doing Still Lives to practice the realism and get my skill level up. And then, <clears throat> pardon me. And then I started doing, you know, portraiture and, um, these historical paintings and, um, it just needs to be able to encompass all of that. Um, okay. All of the ideas, you know, the concern for the environment along with, um,
0: along with your more realistic stuff.
1: Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, how you tie all the ideas together is, you know, your your statement is really important, and I think that's a big reason why I, well, I procrastinated. And you've done
0: well. You've done such a variety of of things. It's kind of difficult
1: mm-hmm. to sum all that up. But uh, right, <laughs> you know, and right. and that's uh, part of you know, that's a product of teaching yourself. Well, that's you what know, I'm saying. Honestly, like. And
0: it just seems like you've practiced if you practice every single day doing some sort of art like it's just going to improve and you're going to be able to do these new techniques and it's really, it's really cool to see because we've gone on camping trips where you just bring your all your equipment and then you just start painting. I remember how amazed I was you, you started <laughs> pa- you started painting the landscape and then i I took i was Hanging out with your boys, putting stuff leaves in the fire. This is what we were doing. Yeah, that was while you were doing art. <laughs> that was a great trip. <laughs> and, uh, and I came back up and I was like, I went to my wife and I'm like, Lindsay, he's painting what we're seeing right now. How crazy is that? <laughs> but
1: and you, you were
0: just practicing, you know, you just find opportunities yeah. to practice. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And it's, that's, that's just it. You know, if you want to be good at something and you care about it you know, then you have to put in that time. And even if it's, um, you know, taking it with you on vacation, yeah. you know, before my old career, I would take plans with me on vacation oh. and do take offs for estimates. Um, now when not I go as on fun. vacation It's like, okay, I need to, oh, yeah, not as fun. <laughs> I need to bring a sketchbook. I need to bring, how can I get paint on the plane? You know, cause I want to paint. Has that been a problem? I want to, I want to paint. Um, I haven't. I haven't actually flown with paint yet. Um, I always just bring like watercolors or uh, a sketchbook and oh, okay. you know pen and pencil. Gotcha. Uh, watercolors aren't a big deal, but you know you start bringing flammable things on the plane, <laughs> they get a little. Probably TSA doesn't like that. You have
0: to put the paint in like little shampoo bottles. I'm assuming, right?
1: And <laughs> you know, I'm not sure how right? that works. I was kind
0: of joking but then I th- I was thinking that might be the case.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure. That's something that I need to research because I would <laughs> like to, you know, eventually I would like to um you know go places for workshops, yeah, you know, and you got to have your supplies when you go. So That's true. Um I'll huh. get back to you on that. That's cool, man.
0: We will Okay, so we're going to have to do this again cuz I want to talk more about uh you know you're you're an outdoorsman as well which uh, i'm obviously obsessed with and we didn't even get to uh, we didn't even get to scratch the surface on that but uh my last question for you okay serious question here have you have you ever had to pose for a still life picture (laughs) like where you're naked and (laughs) you go into shut up -uh. (laughs) nah
1: Yeah, a long time ago. I wouldn't do it now. I'm not in, I'm not in uh, you know, fighting shape anymore. <laughs> what? Um, but I have. It's been a long time. Uh, probably when I was 22, 23 no years way. old. Um, yeah, I was totally uncomfortable. Was and, it on a dare? Weird, but... Did someone dare you
0: to do it? No. Or Was it for money or no. was it for an art class?
1: <laughs> well, it was um, when I finished my apprenticeship – Um, my electrical apprenticeship Um, I went back to school because you know I I wasn't I wanted to do something I didn't I wasn't satisfied with the electrical industry so um, I took some art classes there and um, started doing figure drawing with um, the class and there was a group of us that would hang out (laughs) and we wanted to continue doing figure drawing (laughs) afterwards so um, uh, we started drawing each other, and it started out you know just as like portraiture um and then um we you know started drawing each other you know we would, this seems one like this would take a turn, <laughs> and it yeah, it ended poorly. <laughs> <laughs> this seems
0: like a scam, like all the girls in your class were just like, yeah, we're gonna do extra practice, you just have to get naked." <laughs> we'll we'll paint you
1: yeah right it was usually the guys trying to get the girls to do that good point
0: good point that's probably true (laughs) (laughs) well that's awesome man i actually didn't think you were going to say that you had which is even more (laughs) funny but uh but yeah man we'll have to i'll have to talk to you again um it's always awesome talking to you guys i hope we can you know plan it now you're in oregon which we didn't even mention you moved out to oregon now or back to oregon
1: right which is Back to Oregon yeah. which is awesome. So and glad to be, you know, home.
0: And we just got done with a move to Colorado, so we'll have to plan some west western trips, which will be pretty awesome.
1: That's right. That's yeah, right. You mentioned uh, a uh, a Yellowstone yes. trip, meet in the middle type thing, and I think that sounds phenomenal. I mean, I've never been, so.
0: Dude, I've went once, but I'm assuming you're just going to paint me uppercutting a grizzly bear
1: while we're well i was thinking i would paint you uh fighting a mountain lion riding a grizzly. oh
0: yeah that's right that was that was the (laughs) animal that was in calvin's campsite
1: (laughs) that's right but
0: all right man it was good to hear from you and uh i'll talk to you soon man all right sounds good yeah thank you for for having me on yeah thanks for
1: coming on see you man bye all right bye